0: To Bliss Fully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelsey and Kendra.
1: Hello. Hey, everyone. (laughs) We're doing the big drama this week. Oh, boy. We're doing the big... Hashtag is cancelled party. I sure wish something else had happened this week.
0: Man, you mean you didn't enjoy this YouTube video about how Lindsay Ellis was cancelled? This was
1: peak YouTube. This was painful to watch. This was... I actually would not have watched this if we didn't have a podcast. No, yes, I would have fully not watched this if I didn't have to uh, now talk about it for an hour.
0: But you know what? That's what we're gonna do. We're going to talk about for an hour. We gave Lindsay our clicks. Which means We did we get to weigh in now. I
1: paid I paid with my eyeballs. <laughs> and so now I have an opinion. And with my emotional health. Yes, my emotional labor, as <gasps> as the wokes say.
0: I should say up top. So we are covering the Lindsay Ellis I Was Cancelled video. And mm-hmm. we do not completely disagree with everything she says.
1: No, God, she talks for almost two hours. I would hope I agree with something she says. Up front I think that everybody here would agree that we're all pretty much fans of Lindsay Ellis for the most part. I mean, I've been watching her videos, no joke, since 2009. Yeah. Nostalgia chick days. And so, you know, it was a little upsetting when she was like, none of you are even here for this part of the internet. It's like, bitch, you're not not the only one who remembers the 90s. (laughs) You're not the only plus 30 woman on the internet. Yeah. God, right? So... I have enjoyed Lindsay Ellis's videos, her her analysis, her content, <laughs> you know, for a long long time. If anyone wants to give her a fair assessment of this here clusterfuck, it's me. I, I I quite like her her analysis most of the time. Me too. So, and usually even when I disagree with her analysis, I'm like, eh, I'm still usually thoughtful and well-researched. Yeah. Yes. Even if I think it's dead wrong, like I have before. Yeah. But, so, we'll just, get into that. this is, this is fully in good faith, Lindsay. Um, cause I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is fully just our honest to God, true opinions about this embarrassing little dust up. Mm. And I, uh, like, So do we want to explain why she is cancelled, in case someone on the internet didn't hear, or at least someone who would listen to our videos? Like, (laughs) I know there are a lot of people on the internet who don't know who Lindsay Ellis is, but I assume not most people who would listen to our dumbass podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Lindsay Ellis of YouTube fame, uh, she did a bad tweet. She had a scalding hot take on the latest... Disney animated film, Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs> Bit of advice for you kids. Don't tweet through your frustrations. Just don't ever tweet through it. God,
1: really don't. Never tweet through it. Never it's, tweet through oh, it. I get that it's like, you get defensive when people are calling you a bad thing. And uh-huh. you want to rush to your defense and be like, no, 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 I wasn't bad. But just, just don't fucking tweet through it, ever. Like, yeah. y- Go like go outside. <sighs> Taking it well. Don't go outside right now. Take a couple <laughs> days at least. But yeah, just 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 unplug Twitter. Just be like, nope.
0: Well, and this bad take on a Disney movie was on the heels of her recent involvement in the incident. Uh, go watch that video if you want to understand more. But basically, what happened was she and Sarah Zed weighed into fandom spaces and started a turf war of sorts. <laughs>
1: So that's the thing. Like, yeah. (laughs) I would have so much more sympathy for Lindsay Ellis had she not contributed to a cancellation campaign very similar to this not a week beforehand and not towards someone who makes, you know, in the ballpark of $20,000 a month on Patreon, but just a fucking nobody. Internet nobodies who don't have the support system uh, she has. And then when people graciously tried to explain this to her and to Sarah Zed, they just both sort of laughed in their faces, being like lol, go outside, touch grass, the internet's not real. <laughs> so then for this for this to happen not even a week later, ugh, oh, that was some cosmic timing.
0: Okay, so the initial tweet, the initial very bad tweet, was on march twenty sixth, twenty twenty one also watch Raya and the Last Dragon, and I think we need to come up with a name for this genre that is basically Avatar The Last Airbender reduce. It's like half of all YA fantasy published in the last few years anyway. So a lot of people took offense to her comparing Raya and the Last Dragon to Avatar The Last Airbender because... They perceived her meaning to be just all Asian-inspired YA
1: fantasy. Yeah. Yeah,
0: So we'll get to why that wasn't her point. But that wasn't her point. And when challenged, she did not handle it well. She does not handle being challenged well at all.
1: No, since I have begun watching her videos, her work, she absolutely does not take criticism well. I think, and again... This is my interpretation. I do not know the woman. But it appears that she is very insecure. And when she is criticized, even in good faith, even constructively, it's hard
0: for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Another thing was that she says the initial reaction of people saying that she was being a little reductive by comparing Avatar and Raya, they're mostly white. Which, again, I am not the knower of all things on the internet. But when I was looking at the people uh, criticizing her or claiming that this could be racist, they were mostly Asian women. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it's hard to tell. People aren't always who they say they are on the internet. But some of them were, like, they were official accounts of Asian authors. So that just seems so, like, I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to be saying good faith a lot this episode, Because it's the only way to describe, like, taking on criticism in sincerity. But that doesn't seem like a very good-faith interpretation of the criticism. Mm Mm-mm. Feels dismissive. Very dismissive to say, all the people complaining about this were white. It's one hell of an assumption for sure. Well, I I gotta say, like, I found out about the drama by seeing her tweets screencapped and being talked about in a thread by an Asian author, like a female Asian author. Most of the people interacting with those tweets, which were not Lindsay Ellis's original tweets, but the screencapped tweets were also Asian people. Uh And like... Totally. I don't think that's what she was trying to say of all Asian YA fantasy is inspired by Avatar. It was more apparently about the narrative structure Mm -hmm. rather than the setting being inspired by like Asian medieval fantasy-esque sort of setting. Mm -hmm. But her tweet was... Vague, Well, poorly timed, first of all, especially in America. And, like, sort of vague and pithy enough, if you didn't know both of those properties really well, you might not understand what she's comparing about the two of them. Yeah. Like, she later says nobody even saw this movie. And, like, you should probably take that into account whenever you tweet something like that. Like, at face value, it's going to seem like it's saying something else. Like, you are just comparing two well-known animated features set in An asian, asian inspired fantasy, yeah. fantasy worlds <laughs> but yeah yeah i i just want to just get it out but like she says at this one point in her video she's like this other youtuber made this exact same comparison in a video but they didn't get any hate and i wonder why that is And I'm going to tell you that my assumption is because this was prior to a mass murder of Asian women.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, the timing was within a few days of the Atlanta mass shooting. So, like we said, very poorly timed.
1: The community was sensitive. We were understandably we all a little tense and like everybody on twitter was hashtag stop asian hate or or a racist mm-hmm. those are the two camps <laughs> on yep. on the other side and so it felt very targeted due to poor timing well and also to me the more the more poor reaction on her part was she fires off this bad take Goes to bed, apparently. Wakes up the next morning. Everyone's mad at her. And so, rather than, like, taking a minute and being like, oh, wow, these people really read into something that I didn't intend. Oh, no, that's, like, this is not at all what I meant. She she then gets super defensive on Twitter, saying that everyone who thought this or had this, like, had this reading of her tweet was, like, a bad actor and, and doing so in bad faith. Or too stupid to understand her real meaning obviously and none of you even saw this movie so how dare you critique my opinion and, like, to me, it was her reaction to the criticism that was way more embarrassing. Also, than... her reaction to the criticism included the phrase, If you squint, which felt a little... Yeah. Yeah, that Girl, was unfortunate. incorrect. <laughs> like, come <laughs> Again. on. Come on. Again. Like, you should maybe do a reread on your tweets before you send them. Like, you have 300,000 followers. And I know that's apparently not a lot for you. But... <laughs> It is. It's trust
0: me. Yeah, okay. So let's get into the blow <laughs> well, yeah. blow. So she goes
1: she fires off the bad tweet, goes to bed, wakes up, fires off more bad tweets about her bad tweet and then deletes her account. That is the long and the short of what actually happened, and people were big mad that she basically deleted her account rather than engage with anyone's criticism, good or bad faith, Mm -hmm. and then about a week later posted a massive air quotes apology video that is really not an apology video.
0: Which is not what this is. There's a lot going on in there. That's a big
1: video. Yeah
0: it's a lot so yeah let's uh let's dive right on in her video starts not even part one just just our cold open is her talking about how she was at a restaurant with her mother talking to the bartender the bartender asks what she does and she says oh i'm a writer so then the bartender says oh well i'll google you and as the bartender's googling her she says well I'm super cancelled right now. And then she goes into this deep explanation of what the history of the term canceling comes from, which yeah, I mean, sure, okay. It's it's very much in the style of Lindsay's videos.
1: Well, I mean that's yeah, that's that's critical analysis one oh one is like historical precedence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's very undergrad essay.
0: <laughs> so yeah, her, her explanation was that cancelled in its original intended use was, or wasn't, I should say, an attempt to instigate a boycott or hold someone to account and more of a personal decision. Like, I'm done with you. Yeah. Now, cancelling is more along the lines of a call to deplatform somebody and publicly shame them, which, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of. Is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a joke now. That's that's fine. Well, yes,
1: it's. <laughs> I feel like the rhetoric of it was always a little bit jokey because the term like to cancel someone is just so exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um. Like it, it, to cancel them means to basically like remove them from existence and from history, and that's just not achievable by any stretch. So I feel like originally the usage, even when people were being serious about it was always a little bit comical. Yeah, tongue-in-cheek. Like, I don't know if anyone says cancelling and means it except for pundits on Fox News. Mm.
0: (laughs) So she then goes on to complain that her name was trending for several days after this bad tweet and her deleting her Twitter, and says, Do these people not realize I'm not a real celebrity? I've published all of one book that only reached number seven on the New York Times list.
1: i thought she was joking that was that that was hard to sit through like she was like she wasn't being sarcastic when she said that are you i don't know she has this tone (laughs) yeah that's the thing she does have this tone where it it always feels a little dismissive and contrite (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, it was throughout the whole video, she really attempts to downplay her her sphere of influence. And like, yeah, she's obviously not a fucking household name, but she's got over a million YouTube subscribers. Her videos regularly get two or three million views, often more. Like, I don't think it's inaccurate to say that she is a well-known YouTuber, especially in the field of media criticism And that her actions, whether problematic or not, reach a fair, wide-ranging audience. The fact that you're recognized at all in LA means that you are a celebrity in a a sense. Girl, you work for PBS! It is a form of celebrity. I'm only just a little small-time writer whose novel debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, woe is me.
0: So, okay. She goes on to her first official point. Or part. There's like nine parts of this video, y'all, so just like buckle up Strap and in. heads up, this might be a long video. I'm shooting for under <laughs> her hour and 40 minute mark, though. <laughs> um, so part one, Twitter is garbage. And she starts out Fair. by comparing. Which isn't to- wrong. No, Ugh. that's true. She starts out by comparing herself to Justine Sacco, which is a choice. One
1: of the first. Yeah, one of the first ever instances, I would guess, of Twitter cancellation. Yeah. Yeah. Way back in 2014, I think.
0: Yeah. So if you don't know who she is, she was a uh, PR exec for a company. She was traveling to Africa and she shoots off this, what she considers benign, jokey tweet. Uh, Going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding, I'm white. And it catches traction with somebody and then it just... Ethan blows up. She's got the hashtag about when she's gonna land. Somebody goes to the airport to take a photo of her. It's this whole mess. She loses her job. She
1: fires off this tweet and then gets on a plane. Mm -hmm. So no one can reach her. So this thing spirals out of control. It was from New York to South Africa. So that's a long flight. And so basically, because the life cycle of Twitter is so immediate, this thing gets... Traction. I believe an editor from BuzzFeed retweets it, mm. like, hoping to get her fired, yeah. like, in his tweet. So people are, like, contacting her employer, contacting her family members, while she's in the air and can't do anything about it. And people are, like, gleefully salivating, awaiting for her to land so that they can see the emotional fallout happen on this woman. Yeah. Because they were just so eager to watch this person's life get destroyed and they knew about it already and she didn't it was the anticipation of watching someone's life be destroyed in real time for a bad tweet
0: which is not what happened to Lindsay.
1: no no uh, no (laughs) yes not at all (laughs) not comparable hon
0: (laughs) She does go on to describe the effect, though, as being the villain of the day, which I think is kind of apt.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, I'd buy that.
0: And what she describes the process of being the villain of the day equals up to is person says dumb thing, it gets some attention, person gets defensive, the defensiveness spurns outrage, people start coming out with receipts, OP deletes their Twitter, which is yeah what. What did happen to Lindsay? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's usually the playbook, too. Most of like, us don't delete our
1: whole Twitter. Usually we'll just delete the tweet. But Yes. Like, you know. and yeah, it is what happened. It is usually what happens with other semi, I guess, notable people. It's what happens with small nobodies. Especially when it's over a topic like racism or homophobia or something that's very charged. Mm-hmm. So example, I'm white. If one of my Asian friends tells me that I did something racist, I'm going to believe them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they would know. I'm probably not going to argue like, no, it wasn't. Like I might say like, God, I didn't mean it that way. And like adjust my behavior. Or if one of my straight friends does something homophobic and I tell them, I expect them to believe me because I am the queer one. Right. You'd you'd think that. but... The, the problem with that is of course marginalized communities are not a monolith. Not all queer people agree on what is homophobic. Not all people of color of you know different ethnicities and races agree on what is racist. And so there is this like, pithy truism that gets repeated on Twitter a lot of, like, believe X. You know, believe victims, believe women, believe queer people, believe disabled people. And while that's a good, like, starting point for, like, baby's first checking of the privilege, (laughs) it's not super useful building ideologies going forward because a lot of of women, queer people, disabled people, people of color, disagree mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what is harmful. And like, the uh, there's another pithy saying that says like, your intentions don't matter if you caused harm. Uh, and like, maybe that's true for some people, but it's absolutely not true for me. Like, it matters a huge amount to me whether... Someone was acting in ignorance or malice, uh-huh. yeah. and like the harm caused might not be the same. like if someone does something stupid unknowingly, my feelings might be really hurt, but that's so very different to me than someone doing something hateful, mm-hmm. yeah out of wanting to harm me or people like me. basically, like the listen to x mentality is kind of. Just the other side of this is fine because my black friend said I could. Yeah. It just feels very much like like asking for permission. Go get a hall pass. Yeah. 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 Ta-da.
0: Well, so then we move on to part two, valid criticism, in which <sighs> she just finishes talking about the Raya tweet. And so now she's talking about how some Asian creators were offended at the implication that all Asian-inspired things are the same, genre, which they're not and that's not what she was saying. but if, if a bunch of Asian creators come to you and say, hey, I perceive what you say to mean X, then maybe mm-hmm. reevaluate what you said. Yeah like <laughs> don't,
1: don't like don't get immediately defensive like that is, is that not the definition of white fragility? Yeah, it's <laughs> like anytime someone challenges you about doing a racist thing, You immediately go, no, I didn't. Yeah. Like, goddamn. It just, it would have been so much easier to just understand that it was, the statement was easily misconstrued. Mm -hmm. From what I saw, I have to point out, first and foremost, the ratio didn't really seem cancelable. That was the thing for me, too. Like... I, I was looking at her tweets I was actually looking at her tweets the minute she deleted her account <laughs> because suddenly I clicked on one and they weren't there anymore. Yeah. But I, So I was looking at her like her defensive tweets later of being like mm-hmm. you're all just too stupid to know what I'm trying to say and like they were getting like a couple hundred retweets. Like this was not like full blown outrage cancellation numbers to me.
0: Oh no. Well and she even says that's an oopsie in this part of the video. Like She acknowledges that tweeting through it was a mistake and that deleting her account was a mistake. So, yeah, she then discusses how she was accused of Mm -hmm. contributing to Asian hate crimes in, like, a huge overstatement of harm. And, yeah, I get people were emotional and they were tweeting through it.
1: No, I think at the very least this was a microaggression that she was unaware of.
0: Well, and she makes a point of also saying, you know, she was being uh, bowled down by mountains of hyperbole in this overstatement of harm, so that's why she couldn't parse out the in-good-faith criticisms from the bad-faith criticisms, which... Uh, I don't know, Lindsay, you replied to a bunch of tweets, so...
1: I mean, that to me just sounds like a big fat excuse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you didn't technically have to engage with any of this. Like, just, like, boom, it was brought to my attention that the phrasing of this tweet led some people to believe that I was comparing the Asian settings. That was not my intention. Fucking... I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! I mean... Boom! Done! One tweet! <laughs> Let's go get shit fed! Like, you didn't mean to say a stupid racist thing, but you're also not diminishing someone, uh, someone else's experience of your words as potentially racist. Like... Why was that so impossible for her? I don't know. She like, does
0: fuck. later bring up that she feels it's dangerous to give insincere apologies. So having a stock apology on the, you know, hip ready to shoot. So I get that, and I, well, I like, do. Here's
1: the worrying thing to me. Here's the worrying thing about that. Is that, why would that apology have been insincere? Yeah. Is that's she <laughs> not sorry? Is she not sorry that her tweet was interpreted as racist? Yes. Yeah. I, I fully believe you had no racist intent behind this tweet, Lindsay. But people saw it that way. And I know you think it was all white people, but I, with mine own eyes, saw Asian people saying that too. So, God, if I said something and someone said, you know, that sounded racist to me, God, I would apologize for that. Like, even if that was 100% not my intent, I am still sorry that I contributed in some way to your experience of that. Yeah. yeah. Why is that an insincere apology to be like, this was not at all what I meant?
0: Uh, Part three is white nonsense, where she goes on to continue complaining that everybody who was criticizing her was white. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that was a bad take, girl.
0: (laughs) Okay, Lindsay. It is at this point in the video, though, that I must point out, she does allude to the pincident. Um... She makes this joke saying, um, well, she says another stupider thing that happened a few weeks prior about fan fiction ethics and then laughs and says, actually, it was about ethics and fan fiction and then laughs and, like, two sentences later uh, says, it was Hannibal pretend people kissing pretendedly. Like, it wasn't an issue that just (sighs) cost a week-long dog pile.
1: Yes, like, it was... A stupid fandom drama. On a small business. And not... Small queer-owned business. Not a harassment campaign exactly like this one, only directed at someone who doesn't pull in $20,000 from Patreon every month. Like, come on! (laughs) Lindsay, what the fuck? Does there have to be someone stupider than you in the video in order to save your own ego? Yes, Yes, (gasps) Lindsay, I believe... That this harassment campaign that you faced was over the top and unnecessary and not constructive and a huge case study as to why Twitter is garbage. So now please imagine that instead of being a well-known film and media criticism YouTuber with a hefty Patreon paycheck and millions of subscribers... You are instead a nobody with no following and no fans to defend you. And rather than getting cancelled over a stupid tweet that felt kind of racist to some people, you are instead getting cancelled over which characters you think should kiss in a book or a movie or a show. And if you disagree, you're a pedophile and you're an abuser like and you have no people to come to your defense and you're getting doxxed and you're getting doxxed and you're getting getting sent suicide baits and you're being outed to your family you are getting fired you are getting sent cookies with needles in them mm. like this is not fandom drama you could switch out fandom with any other subculture and this drama would still be just as pernicious and dangerous. And that was infuriating that she had the gall to make a stupid joke about the Hannibal fandom drama
0: when
1: (laughs) it's actually about People's lives being ruined.
0: I guess you can understand, then, what her takeaway was from the supposed private conversation she had with a handful of uh, fandom discourse accounts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is contributing to those hate campaigns. And could you not, please? (laughs) And, you know, I can't help but take the tiniest bit of Short and Florida that Lindsay Ellis got her own ass cancelled not even a week later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and is now like, how could Twitter allow this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then we move on to part four, my list of sins, where she essentially makes a drinking game out of apologizing. Mm -hmm. She pulls out a shot glass and a bottle of whiskey and says, you know, she'll take a shot every time she feels like she needs to apologize for something on this. So,
1: and I need to say, like throughout the video, she has many screen caps of tweets, like you know, being mean to her, oh and wow. a lot of them are not censored. Yeah,
0: I thought that was disgusting.
1: <laughs> the usernames are not censored. That's really and uncomfortable. A lot of those people, because I checked, have been experiencing intense harassment <laughs> since yeah. this video came out, um, and including one of the people she called a diet nazi being a jewish person
0: yeah so love love to hear that (laughs) well kendra you misunderstand she's not a celebrity no one is gonna watch her canceled video
1: i i guess right (laughs) i mean like she only gets recognized a handful of times in public (gasps) and has a fucking debut novel on the new york times bestseller list it seems like you're sicking dogs on people
0: well because that's what happened yeah she did but she doesn't see it that way so let's let's tear through this non-comprehensive list of her sins we're not going to dwell on them because if you actually care for her apology uh go watch her video Mm -hmm. (laughs) she makes long arguments about why she doesn't have to apologize for most of these things uh, or why Mm -hmm. she's already explained them which i think needs to be stated that's fair the internet doesn't keep receipts for apologies. No, I mean, no.
1: I said that before on an episode of just, like, Twitter's terrible because now your stupid fucking thought is preserved for all time, and the apology does not follow that thought around. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, like, that is definitely a problem. And, yeah, the, the thing is, like, her list of sins, quote-unquote, big, you know, drama queen Lindsay Ellis, ranges from, like, basically nothing to... To stuff I think is very troubling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get started. 2020 Harriet Tubman fan fiction. In 2020, Lindsay Ellis tweeted, Someone sitting in front of me on this plane is watching the movie Harriet, and I find myself wondering whether there's any Raylo-style fan fiction between Harriet and her Twinkie former owner and suddenly grateful that the connection on this plane is not strong enough for me to check. (sighs) Okay, Lindsay. Something you said! (laughs) I I get that Harriet Tubman's slave owner in this movie is a completely fictionalized character, and...
1: You're yes. talking
0: about you know complicated relationships and blah blah blah. There were better it ways. It was a to fucking <laughs> terrible tweet.
1: God damn it! Yeah. like just to compare the pairing of Raylo at all, like Ray and Kylo Ren from Star Wars, to a slave owner and his slave. Mm. Let's let's ignore the fact that Harriet Tubman's a real person. <laughs> if she was a completely fictional slave that is not at all comparable to nope. the pairing of not, Kylo Ren and not Rey the same thing no nope. but she is a real
0: person <laughs>
1: And, like, I get that the movie's bad, fine, but maybe keep that one in the drafts, as the kids say.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a bad take, Lindsay. So, take a shot. I don't think she actually apologized for it, but she definitely takes a shot at that moment. Um, mm-hmm. 2009, autistic temper tantrum. For context, in 2009, Lindsay was a part of Channel Awesome. Channel Awesome... Uh, It was...
1: It was like a a proto-YouTube.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she makes this a joke about the Beast in the Christmas special sequel to Beauty and the Beast. Belle's enchanted Christmas! (laughs) Throwing an autistic temper tantrum when he storms off from uh, an exchange with Belle. And apparently that is a joke that she regurgitated after hearing one of her edgy college friends. She, she makes this joke, excuses it as wanting to be, you know, edgy and prove that she's cool enough to hang out with the boys. And I am willing to forgive that because I understand Channel Awesome days were rough and we should definitely do like a historical dive into it someday. 2009 was a different time. We've all made bad edgy jokes. (laughs)
1: For sure, yeah, like, I haven't put them in a video for, you know, thousands of people to see. But yes, I I completely understand that that was over ten years ago, and she acknowledges it was bad and fine. Like, that's, again, that's one of the little ones that's so minor to me as to not not warrant inclusion. As an autistic who makes those jokes, I didn't even really notice it at the time, or... Or even in the video, I was like, oh, I guess that's bad. Like, again, I'm not saying I speak for all autistic people, but it just
0: didn't. She does apologize for this one, though. Take a shot. 2013, disliking the Prince of Egypt is anti-Semitic. And I'm going to preface this one with I have a lot of feelings about it (laughs) that could make up its own entire video. And we will not get into all my thoughts.
1: (laughs) Me too. Me three. And I'm a fucking goy, so I can't imagine all the thoughts you have there, Bliss.
0: Yeah, my Jewish ass is pressed. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh... This,
1: I think, is is maybe her worst take. First of all, I don't think that not liking the Prince of Egypt is anti-Semitic. I just think her opinion on this film is terrible. (laughs) Which is surprising to me, because again... I usually more or less agree with her criticism. Mm -hmm. So this one, like, I didn't, I did not follow her Twitter back in 2013. I still don't. But I had never seen this until, like, you know, the shit popped off and everyone was bringing out the receipts. So I was shocked, absolutely shocked at her absolute dog shit take on the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Bad take, One of my favorite all-time films. (laughs) Yeah. One of the best animated films. One of the like, best American animated films of all time. Yeah. Oh, says me.
0: Says says me as well. And me. I'm glad there's consensus. <laughs> Motion passed. <laughs> um, Alright. So yeah, the... <sighs> Aren't you Pope now? Yeah. <laughs> the gist of her tweets, because it wasn't just one, was her essentially trying to crowdsource whether or not people would be interested in her talking about the Prince of Egypt but posing it as how she thinks it's weird that in The Prince of Egypt, the genocide of a bunch of Egyptian children is praised as a miracle. <sighs> and then says, you know, well, I don't think the Book of Exodus works as a kid's movie. And I, I find this all in juxtaposition of her standing Danny from Game of Thrones very odd. <laughs>
1: Me too! Yeah! A little
0: hypocritical.
1: Yeah! Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm going full stand here for a moment, excuse me. So, The Prince of Egypt, for those who aren't aware, is an animated film about the early life of Moses, yeah. the, the historical, biblical figure, and how he goes from being a Jewish adopted child in the pharaoh's household to leading the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land, like the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And the film, more so than the Bible or like previous adaptations of this story, like the Ten Commandments, focuses on the fictionalized relationship between Moses and his adopted brother, Ramesses II, and how this subjugation of his people is is manifested in their like interpersonal relationship mm-hmm. because they were more or less raised as brothers didn't know that Moses was a foundling and because of that Moses was initially very blind to the horrible enslavement of a whole group of people that his that his society profited off of and so yes in the like it's not really the climax but in In the film, there is a long extended sequence of the Angel of Death coming down and exacting the last plague of Egypt, which is the death of the firstborn Egyptian- well, technically- the death of every firstborn child in in egypt except for those who have sacrificed a lamb and marked the doors of the house with its blood mm-hmm. so this was always actually this was actually always something i wondered like if a random egyptian person saw the hebrews doing this thing and got super superstitious <laughs> and was like i'm just going to i'm just going to put some lamb's blood on my door <laughs> just to be safe would the angel would the Same. angel have pass them
0: like so not to get like Religious theology about it, but in the Talmud, it does say that uh, that there were some Egyptians who decided to listen to the Jews at this point, <laughs> and and they were spared, and they were spared, and they joined uh, awesome. the Jews in the mass exodus.
1: I love that. Well, and also he's oh, that, that like that's great. That is shown in the movie. Some Egyptians leave with the Hebrews in yes. the Prince of Egypt. That's true. Yeah, for what it's worth, it's very yeah. pretty. Anyway, um. So, yes, there is a long, and it's like, I don't think the movie paints this as a happy moment. It is a long, silent, dark scene where this uncorporeal, disembodied, amorphous, angel of death, light being comes down from the sky in the middle of the night and spirits away all the souls of the, the Egyptian children, the Egyptian firstborn sons, including Ramesses' own son, and I guess you know, heir and that is how that horrible final plague is personalized between the two brothers, is that Moses basically has to stand by and watch his nephew get murdered because of his brother's stubbornness. Mm -hmm. And, like, Lindsay Ellis assigns the blame for this to the Hebrews? Yeah. Not to the Egyptian king who is keeping them enslaved. She also calls the Egyptian king who's keeping them enslaved kind of a jerk, and... <laughs> not, you know. Yeah, like the the murder uh, of his son was justified because he was kind of a jerk and not brutally enslaving peoples of the earth. Yeah, to build like, his pyramids again. I'm a Goy, but I loved this movie as a kid, and that scene is not a heroic, happy miracle scene. It's a very tragic scene. Yes. And That's like, a very humanizing moment, even for Ramses, because you're like, oh my god, if only you would just listen to your brother it's and and learned that slavery was bad. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> why? And now look at what's happened. And it's it's heartbreaking. I cry every single time. She also says, I don't think that it's supposed to be a kids' movie. I would argue, the Prince of Egypt isn't a kids' movie. Yeah, it's it's family friendly, innocence but it's not a kids movie. It's not Thomas the Tank
0: Engine. It's not People conflate animation and animated features as uh only being for children, which I as a fan of animation find incredibly frustrating. But yeah, no. It's I very I would agree that this isn't a children's movie. <sighs> I I was I was just incredibly. I was I was offended at her like continuously doubling down when people kept popping up and being like, "Hey, I'm Jewish and this is kind of offensive or, you know, that meant a lot to me or, you know, I'm not sure." And her continued It's a genocide. It's a genocide. You're all just wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah but, like, like the thing is is first of all, no, it's not a genocide, no. like just strictly on a technical basis. It is a mass murder, it's not a genocide, mm. but it's also not something that Moses or the Hebrews do mm-hmm. no it is something that God does, yes in defense of his chosen people, and you can argue that that's good or bad, but it's definitely not on the Character of Moses or the Hebrew people. Yeah. She also said. They didn't do it to the Egyptians. Every Hebrew in the city didn't take a (laughs) knife and rise up and slaughter (laughs) Egyptian children. She also says, like, this is done by the good guys. Which was a weird way to phrase it, because, like, the whole point is God's not a good guy or a bad guy. Well, you just it. do what he says. Yeah. <laughs> he's He's God. He just is. And it's not done by the good it's guys! It's not done by the good guys! Moses doesn't decide to do it. Again, this is something that God has told Moses is going to happen. Unless Pharaoh releases the slaves. And Pharaoh says no, still. And so it happens. This is not something that, again, the Hebrews concoct as, like, a slave rebellion. And yes, so this, this take was triply confusing to me when Lindsay Ellis comes down so hard in favor of Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones, a character who also uses violence to combat slavery, and further, a character who is not of the enslaved ethnicity? No, like Danny has some white savior tones to Real her character. Real white savior tones, and like, so it's 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 just it's like I would honestly love to sit down with Lindsay Ellis and be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> because I don't understand how she can hold. Why uh, is this take? How she can hold two opinions that are so um incongruent with each other.
0: Yeah, it, it's an argument as a Jewish person. I have heard many times. I get real tired of it. I get real tired of it. And so she does apologize for using the word genocide. Specifically, that is the only thing she apologizes for. And then poses, I will never make a video about the Prince of Egypt. As if that's an apology. Which it's not, Lindsay. <laughs> I mean, good. 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 <laughs> Good, girl! We're you are really glad for that. You
1: have bad opinions about it. You really should not advertise your
0: face next to those thoughts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take a shot, because she did.
1: I mean, like, the thing is, is again, I don't think it's necessarily anti-Semitic. Like, I think you could definitely make an argument that she's assigning blame to the enslaved population for their violence against slavery, but to me, this is just, she has a bad opinion about a movie. Uh, I don't know. It felt like a very anti-Semitic opinion. Like, and again, I don't think that it's on purpose, but I do think she needs to, uh...
0: So as a Jewish person, I definitely felt, while probably not intentionally anti-Semitic, it rings of many, many anti-Semitic things uh, I have heard over the course of yeah. my life. So I, I perceive it as being anti-semitic light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Diet anti-semitism, Lindsay. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, you might say. There
1: was definitely some moments where she was attributing the death of children to an enslaved Jewish population <gasps> that sounded very blood libel-esque. Yeah, it was
0: a little. Hmm. Uh, so 2013's Charlie Angel's Nikab. and I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I didn't.
1: Uh, Nikab. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine.
0: So In 2013, she makes a video about how feminism is cancelled, and in it she's wearing-
1: Yeah, but it's like not even a niqab, it's like (laughs) bedsheets. Yes.
0: And she's cut holes uh, for pigtails to pop out of them, um, and she's wearing this because someone, one of her followers had suggested it would be funny, and she acknowledges that she had Muslim followers say, please don't do this. And she chose to ignore them because she had a expat Egyptian neighbor that she happened to mention this joke to. And her uh, neighbor said, yeah, that's funny. So she decided that that was her hall pass.
1: Yes. She decided to do it apparently because she had gotten like, you know, typical being a woman on the internet feedback of, you know, she's dressing too slutty. She's dressing too frumpy. So she's just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to wear a niqab. I'm going to do a full veil. No one can see how I look. And that's what we're doing moving forward because you can't win otherwise, which I sympathize with. But I definitely don't think this was funny. (laughs) This was funny? No. No. Or uh, this one definitely feels a little racist to me.
0: (laughs) And she does seem to genuinely apologize for this and has pointed out that she has apologized for this in the past. Mm -hmm. And points out, again, that she acknowledges that just because her neighbor happened to think it was funny... That people are not a monolith, and so she should have listened to other people of color or other Muslim should have people. not done this. Yeah. Uh, so take a shot, which is which is fair. <laughs> yeah. 2018, Stephanie Meyer apologia. So Lindsay makes a video about participating in the misogynistic hate rhetoric that Stephanie Meyer received in early twilight days movie movie yes. twilight days uh-huh. um and did not include criticism about her culturally appropriating uh, native american culture and more specifically the Quilu people and her explanation for why she did not include that was that because at the time uh she both was trying to keep her videos under the 20 minute mark and that was not rhetoric that was being used as a weapon against Stephanie Meyer and she says that should she make that video now she would have included some of that information so
1: mhm i mean i got i just have to say as someone who lives in southern british columbia very close to where the quilu traditional territory is the, the racism against First Nations and Native American people in Twilight was a huge topic of conversation, at least where I was. I mean, yeah, I lived in Texas and nobody shut up about it. That um, was a big thing. I, and... I get that a lot of the, the outrage about Twilight was it was a cheesy thing that girls liked. Yes. And girls aren't allowed to like cheesy things. Only boys are allowed to like cheesy things. And Fine. I don't think Lindsay Ellis, as a YouTuber, is required to bring up every criticism of Stephanie Meyer's work when acknowledging that she faced a lot of misogynist backlash. But I do think that it's a little disingenuous for her to say this was not a topic of conversation in 2008, because it at least was where I was, where there are many First Nations people... Another thing that I didn't really, like, I was prepared to give Lindsay Ellis a complete and utter pass on this one, because yes, it was not relevant to her topic, but then she's like, also, Stephanie Meyer's depictions of the Quaalute people in her novels have helped them a lot, because now they've gotten land back from the federal government because of all the money, the tourism money they've accrued.
0: Yay!
1: And that was <laughs> that. That was weird to be like. See, it was good actually. <laughs> yeah. Probably should have just slept on that one. Babe. Like that's how. Ha- yes, that's happened. The Quelou people have managed to get federal land back from the U.S. federal government, but I don't think that indigenous peoples should be subject to appropriation and horrible misrepresentation in vampire romance fiction in order for that to take place. No.
0: No, and so a half-ass apology for that one. Take a shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2018, Tarzan transphobia. So she makes a video in 2018 about LeFou from the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie being the first openly gay character that they've made, so they say. So they say every time they include a big air quotes openly gay character in one of their movies. Mm -hmm. And in one shot when she's uh oh how how do, how would you describe it well she just she
1: just fully again takes uh takes one of contrapoint's jokes and like girl like lindsay darling from one uncharismatic white girl to another you do not have the stage presence to pull off natalie Wynn's jokes no you I'm really sorry can. but so she says something along the lines of, like, everyone's here. The L's, the B's, the G's, the T's, and the Q's. And when she says each one of those letters, she shows a quick shot of a Disney character that, I guess, she assigns to these these letters as representation. And I don't even remember which is which. I just remember that Hades from Hercules is the Q, and... That uh, the Rosie Brozy- the Rosie O'Donnell gorilla yep. is the tea Turk. Turk.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So she uses that character. Should have on that
1: specifically in a dress. I should say, yeah. <laughs> shoulda, shoulda, <laughs> not, no, no, not no. just the gorilla hanging out, but the gorilla in a in a dress. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which do that. she acknowledges. Was a bad look because trans women are often uh, associated with gorillas. And yes, it's a very dehumanizing comparison. Mm-hmm. But then also just says, and it wasn't a good joke, I should have used Mulan instead. Which was a, a way to say that, Lindsay. <laughs>
1: Uh. It's like she can't just actually sincerely fucking apologize. (laughs) She has to make some smart-ass remark about how she wasn't actually wrong. It just wasn't funny. And I needed to pick a funnier character,
0: I guess. Mm. Mm So 2017, Zack Snyder hates his mother.
1: Oh, this was another case of bad timing. Yeah, man, she's got a gift for this. Very bad
0: timing. So she had been having a conversation with someone on Twitter about how it is hard to criticize Zack Snyder's films without pissing off his fan base, which happened to be, uh, Diet Nazis. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yes, the, like, the alt right adjacent sort of fanboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So someone says, you know, oh, I can take criticism of his movies, but not statements like, I think Zack Snyder hates his mother. And her response to that was, Well, I have it on good authority that Zack Snyder actually does hate his mother. She tweets this the same night that uh, Autumn Snyder, Zack's daughter, committed suicide. But the news doesn't break until the next morning. So, Mm -hmm. super bad timing. Oof! Very unfortunate.
1: Super bad timing. And also, I just need, like, okay, so, like, this is another one where she says, like, obviously this was sarcasm. How could anyone have taken this at face value as utter seriousness? And, like, fine, it was obviously sarcasm, but then there are, like, several tweets where she attempts to show the, like, persistent harassment she has faced because of her bad riot take. One of them including, like, I'm so glad Lindsay Ellis is getting cancelled because I should be the number one Phantom of the Opera stan or something yeah. like that. Yeah, And she includes this as an example of, like, genuine harassment she's been facing. And first of all, she's not even tagged in that tweet, so she had to go name searching herself, something that she has mocked other people for relentlessly in the past. Mm-hmm. And two, that is also obviously sarcasm, Lindsay. <laughs> <That's> more obviously <laughs> sarcasm than your than your Zach Snyder. Dream, why if why do saying. you deserve the benefit of the doubt? and saying that it was obviously sarcasm all the time, but other people making fun of you don't. That seems rather
0: hypocritical to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Take a shot. Mm -hmm. Take a shot. 2020, misgendered another YouTuber. So on Twitter, Lindsay and Curio uh, were having a conversation, and she misgenders them. And she apologizes, and they work through it publicly on Twitter. But she did apologize for that, and you can go look up those receipts if you want them. So take a shot. <laughs> 2012 Defending Cloud Atlas. <laughs> so this one's unfortunate as well in, um, oops, in relation to the current issue that she was canceled for. So she, <laughs> she basically says in defense of, Cloud Atlas that she doesn't think yellowface matters as much as blackface because of the history of blackface, and she admits that she shouldn't have said that because while she has studied the history of blackface, she didn't know very much about yellowface and um, was uncomfortable later after learning more and <laughs> feels bad. <laughs> yeah. So take a shot. Here's a fun one. <laughs> uh, 2015 thinks bisexual erasure is fine. And
1: and then she goes on to kind of
0: admit that she still thinks birasure is fine. She very much
1: still believes this. Yeah.
0: And I understand I mean even like you were saying earlier, Kendra, not everybody's experience with queerness is going to be the same. But Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She essentially, um, she thinks the bi experience is privileged because you can pass as straight, which is, um, unfortunate, and I didn't like hearing it.
1: No, like, here's the thing, as as a bisexual, <laughs> um, I think, and, and I, full disclosure, I am a bisexual woman who has been in a relationship with another woman for about ten years now. So I believe that there is truth to the statement that my experience of queerness is different than that of a woman's who mostly dates men or, you know, dates women or sleeps with women sometimes, but, you know, wants to marry a man and settle down and stuff. I don't think it's correct to say those two experiences of queerness are the same and I do think that there is an element of being able to, quote, pass as straight for bisexual people, Um, I don't think it's a privilege, necessarily, to have your identity erased. No. Definitely not. Like, I think you can acknowledge that there, there is a different experience of queerness and of prejudice and oppression, while simultaneously not considering it a privilege to have your queerness erased and ignored
0: as a bisexual person i was very uncomfortable with her particular phrasing when she says while it's painful to be ostracized from the community you can opt out and pass as straight that felt a lot oh, like me too. go back into the closet vibes
1: <laughs> yeah it very much feels it like did. she's like she's constructing attraction toward women as, like, a fun mm-hmm. extra for her. Yeah. And not
0: some, like, integral part of her queerness. Don't take a shot, because she didn't apologize at all. So, 2014, bisexual gatekeeping. Mara Wilson and Lindsay Ellis used to be friends. And if you don't know who Mara Wilson is, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire and she was uh, the little girl in Matilda. She's done a bunch of voice acting. She writes op-eds sometimes. She does a lot of tweeting. I love her. She's adorable. She uh, gave an interview years ago in which she described coming out to a friend and her unnamed friend said or when she comes out and says you know I think I might be bi or I think I'm bi her friend says no you're not <laughs> end the conversation and Mara I, I love the term Mara uses uh, she says she was a gay keeper it's
1: pretty funny. <laughs> that was yes, clever so
0: Lindsay that. goes on for a while saying you know oh you know people assumed this was me because a bunch of people were tweeting about it and then Mara was liking those tweets and you know what an assumption it was me It was was me. I was that friend. Yeah. so weird! God, that is, I was like, why are
1: you doubling down That then? is That is maybe the weirdest part of the video, I where was Lindsay so Ellis goes on this huge tangent about how people were assuming this was me, this unnamed friend, because Mara Wilson and I used to be friends and we're not anymore, and like, Mara Wilson was liking tweets of people talking about it, and I don't know why on no evidence people would assume that I was the friend who said this, and I was totally the friend who said this. Yeah, it was, um... <laughs> Like just skip to the end of that, Lindsay. Yeah, like, like don't be we defensive. All right. They're all right. Yeah, <laughs> her defense of that is equally uncomfortable because Lindsay Ellis goes on and is like tries to explain herself and says like she brought it up one time and then never mentioned it again. And how was I supposed to know that it made her deeply uncomfortable? fucking of course she never mentioned it again your friend tried to come out to you and you completely
0: shut her down yeah
1: fucking of course she never mentioned it again
0: Lindsay absolutely what are you talking about (laughs) She she apologizes in her Lindsay way. Like
1: this, this is probably this is maybe the worst thing. This like this of, is what I'm mad about. Yeah, this is this makes me the maddest. Is her treatment of Mara Wilson and then trying to wriggle out of it by oh, like, saying like, how was I to know that I had upset her? This was, this is not okay, Lindsay. And like her explanation to me is worse. Like honestly, makes it so much. Worse. Honestly, just be like, I said that. I was wrong and i'm sorry yeah like, do not try and explain why you thought that was okay because it wasn't and any explanation you provide as to why you thought it was okay merely serves to highlight how much your head was up your ass yeah and might still be <laughs> yeah don't explain why you said it just shut the fuck up and be like i don't know why i said that that was really shitty of me I'm sorry. That probably has a lot to do with why we're not friends anymore.
0: She also kind of revels in the fact that she's not friends with Mara for whatever happened. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell.
0: Take a shot. (laughs) Take three. (laughs) So here's, this one was troubling uh, because I feel bad for Lindsay because it's the 2009 Rape rep video.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna defend this.
0: Well, so what happened was Z feels the need that she has to trauma dump to explain her point, and she shouldn't have to. Nope. Yes. Mm -hmm. She explains her experience having been the victim of sexual violence and her roommate being the victim of sexual violence and what that was like for her, and explains that, you know, years later as a, and uh, she she was very raw in this part of the video, mm-hmm. uh, as a coping mechanism that she kind of laughs about. She wrote the script that her and her friends did a skit of where there's this rapist rapping at her and she keeps, you know, telling him no. And she shelved this video. She put it away in the archives, never to be looked at again. And Channel Awesome published it. <laughs> Without her explicit consent. They just took it out of the archives to publish on a time slot that was meant for her. And they put it up there. And while she asked for it to be taken down, the internet is forever. Mm -hmm. So there are 5 million copies of that video still circulating around out there. And I feel bad for her. Totally. That sucks.
1: That is absolutely shitty. And guys, if a woman is talking about rape on the internet... Assume she has a reason. Yeah, this was, I'm gonna gonna have to go off a little bit on everybody trying to fucking cancel her for this. A woman making a rape joke is very different than a man making a rape joke. And if you hear a woman making a rape joke, just just keep your goddamn mouth shut. It's not about you. It's not for you. Leave her alone. Leave her the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit raw on this one, too. But, like, you know, I'm gonna go from vehemently calling Lindsay Ellis a dumbass to telling her everybody else to leave her the fuck alone
0: I mean, but, I mean like, you could be a dumbass and still make smart choices sometimes <laughs> dumbasses
1: <laughs> shouldn't have to explain their trauma to anyone yeah any more than anybody else <laughs> no one has to explain their trauma in order to justify the content they produce thank you ever man. for Never. any reason <laughs>
0: And I 100% circle this back around to almost everything that happened in the channel awesome days, I would give Lindsay grace for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And I think mm-hmm. that this, to an extent, does need to apply to earlier days on the internet. I know that a lot of people remember 2009, and so they're like, it wasn't that different. But yes, it was. And it especially it was, was on the internet. It very different. It was Especially on the internet, yes. Incredibly different on the internet. It was just everyone's unchecked id just yes. roaming around the internet like a monster that consumes. Exactly! <laughs> yeah, so she she was going through hard times, everything was different on the internet, she was hanging around a bunch of boys that probably just unintentionally pressured her to not be one of... Yeah, what is it? Not like other girls kind of shit? Mm people grow and change and develop and all sorts of embarrassing things are on the internet forever and i yeah i 100% am on lindsay's side for this one joking about trauma is fine you don't have to explain yourself to anyone over the content you produce and yeah like and i shame on y'all yeah this this one I, I again we've just spent the last hour talking about true grievances I have with things she said, and this is not one of them. Mm -mm.
0: So that was the end of the list of her sins, big air quotes, which leads us into part five, the tweet, in which she describes the Raya tweet and what happened. And then she explains what she actually meant by the tweet and says, you know, the similarities she saw drawn were, you know, an element based hero is awoken after Years of being asleep and they jump from nation to nation and in each nation you learn a different skill and you're being chased by the Zuko or the, you know, prince from the bad nation that is, you know, trying to catch you, to destroy you, to win some sort of metaphorical honor. And there's a long redemption arc. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh What she said was not that.
1: No. Yeah. Like I said, I have not seen Raya, Raya. I have not seen... I know of Avatar. I love Avatar. So I, I can't speak as to whether or not her assessment of its narrative similarities to Avatar is correct. But I definitely get that that's what she meant. And I'm definitely also not here to tell people that it was not also a microaggression to broadly compare two fantasy Mm -hmm. settings of Asian inspiration together. I think both things can be true at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. By this point in the video, it's very obvious how raw she still is.
1: Yes, how much she care. And that's another another strange thing, is that her her persona for a long time has been like, I don't care. (laughs) When You know, she's like me. She's very sensitive on the inside. And so she adopts this persona of nonchalantism as a defense mechanism. But again, from one sensitive bitch to another, it shows.
0: I'm sorry, y'all. This podcast is going to go on forever. (laughs) Just real quick summary of the next three parts. Because the next three parts kind of bleed together, to be honest. They do. Part six was she deserved it which was people taking, you know, a celebration in her being cancelled and- And uh, of her
1: deleting her Twitter.
0: Yeah, showing up with all the receipts to justify that they're the good ones. So part seven is your next, which is, you know, defending her friends because so many people post Lindsay deleting her Twitter were like, Jenny's next, Sarah's next, Natalie's next, and she gets pretty upset about it.
1: I mean, and that's fair. I wouldn't like it for for people to be like, I've deleted you, now it's time to delete your friends.
0: Mm -hmm. So part eight is the Beast, in which she explains that naming this phenomenon of um, public shaming via cancellation is just like putting a name to woke or cancel, that the right-wings will take it and cannibalize it into their own meeting. For future Fox News segments. Which I. Fair, I guess.
1: I mean, yeah, but, like, this already. This phenomenon already has a name. Like, it's. It's canceling, right? Or, mm-hmm. like, just straight up harassment or bullying. Like, this. Ph- this phenomenon is not new, it's just the scope at which it is able to be wielded now mm-hmm. because of Twitter. Like, it, this, is, this is exactly the same behavior as, like, getting bullied in a classroom, it's just that it's now a thousand people instead of fifteen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part nine is What Now? in which she acknowledges that she did receive some private messages from her patrons and through some emails support. I don't know what makes those emails different from the in good faith criticisms people were tweeting, but okay. She does acknowledge that she received support and appreciated it.
1: I mean, yeah, cuz again, I don't think that this was a cancelable tweet. Like, no. I think that it was poor timing and we were all like, "Hey, Lindsay, bad wording, bad timing." Yeah, again, it is not <sighs> it is not the original tweet that I find like the the embarrassing part. To me, yeah. it's her extreme doubling down defensiveness of people pointing out that it might have been insensitive Mm
0: -hmm. you know what's interesting is in this part of the video too to your earlier point kendra she makes the point of actually saying my biggest mistake is using twitter in a way that many of my friends with fewer followers than myself did yes Lindsay. of course (laughs) yes
1: obviously (laughs) like people have private accounts for that sort of shit Yeah, and like... Again, she, you you appear to think that you're a nobody. That you just have a best-selling book and a YouTube channel with millions of subscribers by pure accident. And 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 that most of us do. Yes, and it's nothing to do with you. And like, yeah, when you have a million subscribers, when you're a best-selling author, yes, Twitter is an extension of your PR. And just fucking live with it or don't have a Twitter.
0: I don't understand how she can't seem to conceptualize that just because her platform is not on, say, the level of Ben Affleck, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have any less amount of influence to a smaller group of people. Well, that's what I mean.
1: Yeah, like, she's not a household name. Like, she's not like a Lady Gaga or something. But, yes, she's obviously hugely influential in the sphere of YouTube film criticism, which, again... Is not nothing. You're not nobody, and it's so strange how, throughout this video, she tries to reduce the scope of her own platform of being like, "How could anyone come for little old me?" Yeah.
0: So she ends the video with some good old fashioned. Well, she calls it part end. It can happen to you, and it's really honestly part fear mongering posed as like warning.
1: Yes. the The thing that's funny to me of part end it can happen to you is that it does lindsay
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it does happens to people all the time on a much smaller scale without the resources and the defenders that you have this happens to people because they like a certain pairing in a video game and people call their place of work slandering them as a pedophile and they have no one to defend them like, she talks about people sending, like, the rap video to PBS and stuff trying to get her fired. And yeah, so now imagine that you don't have a reputation. You don't have 300,000 followers. You can't afford a lawyer. And you're just out of a job because aunties on the internet decided this was how to deplatform you and you were unworthy of employment. It happens to us all the time, Lindsay. We tried to tell you that, and then you laughed at us. This is literally what was being trying to explain to you and Sarah Zed during the stupid fucking pincident, and you- No, but that was
0: about fan fiction ethics. It was about
1: fan fiction, so it's dumb and not real, I guess. Lols. Yeah. And then you continued to mock them in your video. In your apology video! Like, Come on! (laughs)
0: Lindsay, we appreciate you listening to this whole video. (laughs) From start to finish, I know you're still here. Please contact me. I look forward to your (laughs) in-good-faith criticism. We should
1: have a live stream. We should absolutely have a debate live stream. (laughs) Let's do it. And (laughs) And so, like, I do want to say, like now having spent the last two hours completely dragging her for her dumb takes, I do think that she absolutely makes some salient points about the act of cancellation, especially on Twitter, and how how so much of our interaction now has to be about what she calls threat modeling and having to sort of predict like the worst possible interpretation of every single thought in order to even share it on Twitter because someone out there will take your tweet, however benign, and construe it to be racist or homophobic or transphobic or something. And that's absolutely something that happens, and mm-hmm. I don't want to say that it doesn't. She mentions how, you know, the world's terrible right now, and fascism is on the rise, and marginalized peoples really can't affect the change that they wish they could be able to, especially against, like, real, actual hate speech artists, like, you know, a Ben Shapiro or something. Because Ben Shapiro doesn't give a fuck. Like, Ben Shapiro Mm. doesn't think I'm a human being. He has no shame. never mind, is worried about coming across as homophobic. So, I can't lob accusations of homophobia or transphobia at Ben Shapiro and know that he will be affected by them. That's part of his fucking brand. But I can lob those accusations at people who care about being perceived as transphobic or homophobic and affect some sort of change against them. A little taste of that power is addictive. Being able to inflict damage on someone is powerful. And being able to do it in the guise of a righteous cause, no matter how dubious your righteousness actually is, is addictive. And I'm sure that a lot of people absolutely revel in that righteousness. I know aunties do.
0: And I think, Lindsay, you do need to acknowledge that you it. you admitted, you did acknowledge that you have participated in that sort of behavior before. So this weird, sarcastic, woe is me attitude you take in your video really frustrated me. That was, that was the crux of my frustration, is either be sarcastic or be sincere. You have to pick one or the other here.
1: For sure. Yeah, you can't, like, bounce around in a single video.
0: Anyway, I think we talked about the thing.
1: I hope so. I hope you can... I'm fucking done talking
0: about the thing now. It was a lot, y'all. Are we ending with a happy? Do you guys have a quick happy?
1: I have a happy... I'm gonna get into crochet. I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited to get into crocheting. I haven't started it yet. Everybody I love is getting lumpy coasters. I'm super excited. (laughs) That's my
0: happy. Awesome. I look forward to lumpy coasters. You're gonna get so many lumpy coasters, please. You have to make them in the ship colors for all my favorite ships. I'll
1: do it, yeah. Are there ship colors? Sometimes. For, like, anime and stuff where people are color-coded. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just when the ship characters are color-coded, like, in cartoons. Gotcha.
0: Okay, well then, sorry for the long one, y'all. It was a lot to talk about. I hope you, should you not want to watch the Lindsay video, uh, feel informed. If you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BlissfullyShow. I post links to our YouTube videos there. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Lindsay, I look forward to receiving an email with your in good faith criticism of my in good faith criticism. We'll have a criticism loop. No, no, no. We gotta do we gotta do
1: a debate live stream. Yeah. Get oh, yeah. We'll schedule that, Lindsay.
0: Get get your people in contact with my people. Absolutely. Kendra. Am I the people? Kendra, you're my people. Got it. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye, bye, everyone.
1: Happy four twenty.
0: Woo! Happy four twenty. Amazing.
1: I get the feeling that, like, if we ever knew each other in real life, we would not be friends.